What if I could share with you the worst day of my professional life? Without fear, judgment or ridicule, without the loss of your respect. Could we learn together from my experience? Case Matters, a podcast series created expressly for Australian dental practitioners, intends to do just that. To create a shared experience where all points of view are explored to help empower safer practice. Hello, my name's Dr. Annalene Weston, dental legal consultant at Dental Protection, and I'm going to guide you through today's case entitled, You Are Negligent. The accusation of negligence is one often made and is rarely based in an actual negligent act, but rather is the voicing of a patient's perception of the events at hand, or even more simply, how you have made them feel at a particular moment in time. Negligence itself is a multi-stepped process which consists of three critical stages. The first relates to the existence of a duty of care between the practitioner and the patient, which in a patient-practitioner relationship is an automatic thing. The last step of the three is harm, which is also often clearly evident. The middle step, however, is perhaps both harder to understand and also to prove, and this step is termed a breach. Simply put, a breach is doing something you ought not to have done or not doing something that you should have. As we walk through today's case, we're going to explore which ones of our practitioners, if any, were truly negligent. In this case, as with every case we examine in case matters, many people became involved and everyone had an opinion. We'll explore everyone's point of view to uncover who is right and who is wrong. Or maybe like so many things in life, it will be that there is no correct point of view in this case at all. And maybe everyone is both a little bit right and a little bit wrong. This case revolves around the extraction of a supernumerary tooth, which had erupted into the position of tooth number one, two. Dr. Chong, the treating orthodontist of Miss Liu, will explain further. Miss Liu is a fit and well 25-year-old who presents with significant crowding in her upper anterior. This is exacerbated by the presence of an additional upper incisor. To be honest, I'm somewhat surprised that the supernumerary has persisted, as the root has almost fully resorbed due to the pressure from the canine. I advise Miss Liu she could try to wobble the tooth out, or we could ask her dentist to extract it. Miss Liu indicated she preferred it to be extracted, and I referred her accordingly. The referral sent to Dr. McMahon reads as follows. Please see Miss Liu for the extraction of a supernumerary 1-2 prior to planned orthodontic treatment, OPG and closed. Thanks. Do you feel that referral is adequate? If not, what other information do you think may have been helpful to Dr. McMahon? Dr. McMahon received the referral regarding this extraction and passed it to his OHT, Kristen, to perform, as she usually saw Miss Lou and had done so for years. Pausing there for a moment, is that okay? Can an OHT extract a supernumerary lateral incisor? Perhaps we should ask her. I'm not sure about doing this. My scope of practice is to extract deciduous teeth, and I'm unsure where this supernumerary fits into that. I've checked the OPG and I can't really tell which tooth is which. So I've moved the appointment into Dr. McMahon's book as I think he is best placed to assess her. Dr. McMahon did not check his book so was unaware that Miss Lou was attending. 
This also meant he did not have the opportunity to review the OPG or Miss Lou's previous records. One person we're yet to speak to in this matter is the patient, Miss Lou herself. I'm really excited about getting my braces. Mum and Dad didn't have much spare money when I was growing up, so I've lived with my crooked teeth all my life. I went to uni and I studied to be an engineer, and finally I can now afford to have braces. I was honestly tempted by all the cheap at-home options I saw on Instagram, but I didn't want to throw $1,000 away when I could put it towards proper care. Dr Chong said to get a checkup to make sure I didn't have any holes and have a clean before the braces went on and that Dr McMahon would take out an extra tooth for me. I bobbled out the one she told me to, so that should leave just the one for Dr McMahon to take out. So often it happens, a miscommunication, a simple misunderstanding. But at this stage, an equally simple review of the situation by Dr McMahon should keep us on track. As at this moment in time, Miss Lou does not need an extraction because she did it herself. Miss Lou attended for her planned appointment. Well, I'm not quite sure why I ended up seeing Miss Lou, as I had asked Kristen to do it. But in hindsight, I'm glad I did, as the supernumerary had quite a root on it. I'm a bit confused as to why Dr Chong wanted it removed, as I couldn't see anything impacting on the palate in the OPG. The OPG was a mess, that said. I could barely see anything in the upper interior, as it was all such a jumble. The extraction has left a heck of a space, and her gums were so inflamed all around there. She must have been having a terrible time keeping it clean. I've told her I'll speak to Kristen, because we'll need to get her in again. It'd be good to get her gums under control before she starts that author. Regretfully, as we feared, Dr McMahon has moved forwards and extracted the permanent lateral incisor. Miss Lou thought she was following instructions by wobbling out the supernumerary and is, at that point, blissfully unaware of what has happened. She quickly became aware when she attended Dr Chong for a band up. I nearly fell off my chair when I looked in Miss Lou's mouth. It took all of the self-restraint I have not to react negatively. I didn't think it was fair to make a bad situation worse. I told her that an adult tooth appeared to be missing, and this was not what we had planned, and consequently, we would not be able to band her up today. I sent her for a CBCT so I could clearly see what I was dealing with, and I told her I would speak to Dr McMahon. I'm seeing her again next week. Miss Lou was devastated. She'd felt uncomfortable when she'd looked in the mirror after her appointment for the extraction and seen the size of the gap, but she had felt comforted by the fact that this was all part of the plan. She was not comforted now. Not one bit. Before Dr Chong had the chance to call Dr McMahon and perhaps providentially, Kristen called Miss Lou to invite her in for an appointment to assess her oral hygiene and to modify her brushing technique if required so she could keep her teeth clean with the braces on. I was not expecting that at all. Miss Lou went off and to be honest, if what she says is true and we've pulled out one of her front teeth, I don't blame her. I invited her to come in and talk to us but she said she's too upset and so I've asked her to put her concerns in writing. I just didn't know what else to do. So it felt really wrong just to say, okay, well, thanks for your feedback. I'll go and tell Dr. McMahon what has happened and wait for the email. Kristen broke the bad news to Dr. McMahon and then two emails, one for Dr. Chong and one from Miss Lou, arrived in quick succession. 
Ben, I'm not sure what has happened, but when I reviewed Susie Liu today, not only was she missing the requested supernumerary, but also her permanent lateral incisor one two. I've ordered a CBC to try and plan what to do next, but to be honest, I don't think I can get a good aesthetic outcome if I close the space for her. She's going to likely need some sort of prosthetic replacement after treatment. I also think we should plan for a pontic on the braces after I've seen her. Talk soon, Anita Chong. Dear Dr McMahon, I'm appalled by the negligence I have experienced at your hands. Dr Chong referred me to have an extra tooth removed. That extra tooth was no longer present when I attended and this fact ought to have been identified in your so-called checkup. I incurred a fee for this service, however, I do not believe you truly checked my teeth, as had you done so, you would have identified that I no longer had five front teeth when I saw you. Your negligence in failing to identify the absence of the tooth has been furthered by the fact that you went on to extract a perfectly good adult tooth, leaving me now with a massive gap that Dr Chong tells me she cannot rectify with braces. What am I to do? I cannot stay like this, and I know that you cannot put the tooth back. You are negligent. You have ruined my mouth and destroyed my confidence. I don't know how I can ever come back from this. I hope you sleep well tonight, Dr McMahon, but I can tell you now that I won't be. Susie Lou. Dr McMahon was stunned. He went back and cross-checked the referral, the OPG, and read and reread both letters. How had he got it so very wrong? How didn't he know the patient had previously had five front teeth? and that when she presented, one of them was clearly absent. What do you think? Do you think Dr. McMahon is a fool who ought to have known better? Or do you think that the patient, Miss Lewis, is to blame and she should have listened better to Dr. Chong and also told Dr. McMahon she'd wobbled her supernumerary out? Perhaps you feel the fault here lies with Dr. Chong and that she ought to have provided better imaging and a clearer referral. Maybe you actually think Kristen is to blame for not having an accurate charting to reflect the five anterior teeth initially present and or for shirking the responsibility of the extraction. In a complex matter such as this, all points of view have merit. So how do we decide who's at fault? First, we need to apply some basic first principles, namely that the hands in the mouth had the responsibility for the care. I'll let the dental legal consultant in this matter explain that further. Thanks, Annalene. And as you have said, the first principle that we need to apply is that the hands in the mouth are, res are responsible for the care. Dr. McMahon had an obligation to verify that he was comfortable and in agreement with the treatment plan of Dr. Chong. The first step was to confirm the treatment with Ms. Liu, which he did, but he did not go the one vital step further and confirm exactly which tooth was the supernumerary. His viewing of the OPG cast doubt on the treatment she was planned for, and so reasonably he ought to have cross-checked. He could have taken a further x-ray to compare. He could have spoken to Kristen or asked her in to confirm which tooth was likely the supernumerary of Dr Chong's request. He could have opened one of Kristen's clinical entries, which clearly stated that Miss Liu had five upper anterior teeth, as regretfully, the computerised record-keeping system at the practice did not have the capacity to chart the additional tooth. However, 
he took none of these steps and as a consequence, a young patient has lost her front tooth. Dr McMahon has been negligent in the purest sense as he has failed to undertake many steps that a reasonable practitioner in his shoes should have done. Thank you, Mike. And naturally, these many omissions or things Dr McMahon ought to have done, which are in essence negligence in themselves, have led to a significant negligent act, the incorrect extraction of a tooth. There are many things that could happen from here. A negative online review, a notification to the regulator, a legitimate legal claim in negligence. But none of them did, because this terrible event was handed swiftly and appropriately. I'll let Dr. McMahon tell us more. In all of my years of practice, I've never extracted the wrong tooth. And I honestly thought that if I did, it would be a misdiagnosed toothache or something. But to intentionally extract a front tooth in ignorance, it's terrible. I feel ashamed. Um, I'm not going to lie. My first response was to try and work out who was to blame because I felt that there were plenty of people could have been giving me a heads up here. Kristen could have let me know she had decided that this fell outside of a scope and told me which tooth the supernumerary was. Anita Chong could have sent a better image and better instructions. And not least of all, the patient could have mentioned she'd pulled the tooth out herself. But I've never shied away from my professional obligations and I don't intend to start now. I called DPL to see what I needed to do. The advisor was really supportive about the whole circumstances and situation I found myself in. But he also made no bones of the fact that I, as the treating practitioner, had an obligation to ensure the right treatment was performed. That suggested I write first to Mrs. Lou, apologising and reassuring her that we put things right. They told me the DPL would assist with the inevitable cost of remedial treatment and asked me to send them all of my records and the draft of what I wanted to say in his review. Ultimately, after DPL had reviewed the matter and advised me, I sent Miss Lou the following. Dear Miss Lou, I'm writing in response to the email regarding extraction of your front tooth in error. I wanted to start by saying how sorry I am that this mistake has been made. I cannot blame you for your disappointment, frustration and being upset. And I too am devastated that this has occurred. Please be reassured that I'm writing not only to apologise, but to also work out what I can do to help put things right. Dr Chong has advised me that she is in the process of reassessing you to see how best to manage the missing front tooth. Once she has this information, we'll be in a position to know exactly what treatment you need and I'm hoping that you and I can talk at that time, as I want to help in any way I can, including by assisting with the costs of the care you now require because of your treatment with me. I hope this goes some way to reassuring you of my intent to assist you and I truly hope that you are willing to be able to accept my apology for what has happened. Sincerely, Ben McMahon. Miss Lou received the email, but initially did not read it as she was so cross and assumed she would be met with meaningless weasel words. Let's see how Dr McMahon's letter actually made her feel when she did read it. When I received the email from Dr McMahon's surgery, I decided to open it at home with my partner because I was expecting a pack of self-serving excuses. 
I was therefore genuinely surprised by the email I received. I actually felt quite sorry for him, as he almost seems as upset as I am. Almost. So I'll hold off on actually doing anything because I was considering my options, I can tell you. And I'll wait to see what he and Dr Chong come up with. I am not being fobbed off by him, so I think I need to give them a chance to work this out. Ultimately, Dr Chong devised a treatment plan to align Miss Lu's front teeth with a pontic sitting on the appliances to replace tooth one two aesthetically and also help to maintain space for a final prosthetic replacement. Ultimately, on completion of the orthodontic treatment, an implant was placed at the site of tooth one two and Miss Lu achieved a very aesthetic outcome. But was she happy? I would never want someone to go through what I have. However, I do understand that people can make mistakes. Dr. Chon had ex- explained to me the risk of moving the teeth as far through the jawbone as mine needed before I even saw Dr. McMahon and warned me that one of my front teeth might have died or resorb at the root and needed replacement anyway. So that's how I justify this all to myself. I may have needed this treatment anyway. I was actually quite happy to see Dr. McMahon for the implant as he has shown himself to be a man of great integrity but he said he would rather I saw a specialist as he was worried that lightning would strike twice and that something else would go wrong. Ultimately, I have really nice front teeth. I just didn't get there the way I expected. All it cost me was time, as Dr McMahon even paid for my days off work. He has also given me a buffer of money for when I need a new crown on the implant and stuff. I had to sign a document, but the whole thing feels pretty fair to me. I'm happy. So a potentially litigious patient has become a happy one with a great outcome. How do the other involved parties in this matter feel? Starting with Kristen. I've learned a lot from seeing Dr. McMahon go through this. I feel I should have told him Miss Lou was in his book for the extraction. And also I've developed a new practice-wide charting protocol for supernumerary teeth, where they're listed as a pop-up, so they're clearly visible, rather than just in the exam notes. I think that had we had this pop-up in place previously, it could have really helped to avoid what happened to Miss Lu. Next, we'll ask Dr Chong. I've learned a lot from the whole situation too. In hindsight, my referral could have been a lot clearer and I've reviewed my processes to ensure I capture more information on the referral in critical cases such as this. And finally, Dr McMahon. I think I've had the steepest learning curve out of anyone. Kristen has helped devise and implement some processes so no one in our practice will ever have to go through this again. This has been the most humbling and humiliating experience of my life. I don't know what I would have done without my DPL advisor by my side. Not only did they know the right things to do, organise all the paperwork and pay the costs on my behalf, but they also organised a counsellor for me to speak to as I felt pretty bleak at times. I don't think I'll ever forgive myself for making such a fundamental mistake. But I have to accept that I'm as fallible as anyone else. And most importantly, I have the chance to put everything right. I didn't have to sit back and let some faceless legal suits decide what happened. I'm grateful for that and I'm grateful for DPL too. Thank you for sharing your story, Dr McMahon, and I'll now hand over to Mike, the dental legal consultant on the matter, to round things off for us. Thanks, Annie. Many situations we manage follow a pattern like this. 
an unfunny comedy of errors or the realisation of the Swiss cheese model of accident causation, where several small oversights or errors can lead to the one big issue. It is pleasing that Miss Lou trusted Dr McMahon to place her implant. However, he was understandably reluctant. And in a circumstance such as this, a second complication or failure would likely have pushed a sensitised but placated patient into a possibly litigious and sometimes an even bloodthirsty one. Some lessons we can all learn from this would be as follows. Firstly, be clear in our charting and records and develop sensible systems for situations which fall outside of the expected norms, such as supernumeraries, that can be captured by the standardised charting parameters. Next, make sure any referrals you write are crystal clear and accompanied by meaningful imaging. If you are the practitioner to whom the patient has been referred, ensure that the meaning and intent of the referral is clear. And don't be afraid to call the referring clinician to clarify if you're uncertain in any way. I cannot emphasise this point enough, but particularly when it comes to irreversible treatments. Measure twice and cut once. Be sure about which tooth you are extracting or which surface you are cutting into, because once the damage is done, it cannot be undone. It is not sufficient to say that the specialist told you to do it you need to agree that it is a reasonable thing for you to do. This case exemplifies the importance of acknowledging a mistake that has been made quickly and appropriately, and also the value of seeking our help promptly to assist in the management of a patient complaint. Had Dr McMahon not responded appropriately, this case certainly had all of the key markers of a complaint that could have gone all the way. Thank you, Mike, and thank you all for joining us today, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this edition of Case Matters. The cases discussed in Case Matters are presented as an educational aid to dental protection members and to act as a risk management tool. They're based on issues arising in dental protection cases in Australia, and some facts have been altered to preserve confidentiality. If you like dental protection podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.